This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are kicking off hour number three of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, Ari, holding it down behind the wheels of steel. You want to get in on the show, make sure you hit us up at 702-365-9200. He is attempting to get you on. You know, Ari has a love-hate relationship with the phones. I don't really know what it is, but he's got a love-hate relationship with the phones. Some days, he's cool with it. Other days, he's like, you know what? I've really got a, a real problem here. Right now, no joke, Ari's got like multiple hand hands. Uh, what's the what's what's the hand piece? I guess what's that called that we just changed out or what did we just do? I I don't even know how to answer that. I know exactly what you're talking about, but so then it answer do? it. What the, is, what is it called? The I don't know. You don't know either. <laughs> what's the phone part that you? I mean, it's the phone. We just over twenty or thirty. Please right. let us know. No, well, I'm hell. I'm 45. So, I'm, I know. I'm saying like I grew up with a rotary phone. I just I don't it's know what the, you call it's this. It's actual phone. Here, it's there. You go. Okay, that's that helps. <laughs> Thanks. That's a genius. Jeez. Boy, oh boy. Where do we find the good help these days? Is that the... Yeah, there you go. It's the receiver. It's yeah, the actual receiver go. for the phone. Thank you. Have to Google it. It only took us 18 people to come up with it, but he's. He's working on switching those things out to see if we can get a little bit better reception or something on his end. I don't know. I think I think Ari is just you. Really making my mark here on the on the network. I know you really are. <laughs> so thanks, thanks for that. My but uh, yeah, if you want to be a part of the show, we're going to attempt to get you on at seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred and Salmon Ash text line at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Been talking about the offensive line, kind of versus the defensive line. Uh, a lot of different feelings on it. Uh, a lot of different folks are hell-bent on making sure the offensive line is solidified and you know one day it's easy to be on that that train and say yeah that makes all the sense of the world and then you hear another conversation you kind of look at uh, the defensive line and say well what about that D tackle position you know and and what's easier to overcome if there's you know if there's going to be a not so great element of the team which one would you rather it not be you know would you rather the offensive line be solid and maybe there'd be a little bit of holes on the defensive uh, the defensive line as far as the tackle goes or Vice versa. And so I think a lot of people right now are uh, talking about make sure that offensive line is solid. And a lot of that came from what Lincoln Kennedy had to say. I think a lot of it came from what people were already feeling. But a lot of it also came from what Lincoln Kennedy had to say when he was on this show yesterday. And, of course, we asked him all things about the offensive line, asked him about Alex Leatherwood. And, and then I asked him about can he scheme or can Josh McDaniel scheme up an offense that is going to, you know, kind of hide the issues that the offensive line had, you know, w- were going through. This is what Lincoln had to say. Well, there's really no hiding it. it really, you, when you talk about, the, you know, the opponents you're playing, you're playing professional football, there's really no hiding it. What you do is you scheme for what you think is best. And a lot of times, and in my experience, Q, it's been coaches keeping it simple. And what I mean by simple, you know, simple dives, simple runs, simple pass, you know, routes, route combinations, stuff like that, just to see what you have. Now, the thing is, the, the, the leg up that Coach McDaniels has with this team is that you have a number of veterans and a quarterback that knows the team, knows, knows a lot of the players on the team. He knows the tendencies of Darren Waller. He knows the tendencies of Hunter Renfro. He knows the tendencies of Josh Jacobs. Finalizing the line and securing the line and getting them to just build confidence off of what they can do well, whatever it is, 
team-wise, that's what you start with. That's what the basics. And you know as well as I do, Q, a lot of, team, a lot of coaches don't like to scheme a lot during preseason. Right. They keep it extremely vanilla. And that's okay because you can, get, you can get a sort of wherewithal what your team is capable of if you go straight vanilla, just straight base you know, runs, base passes, base defense. You're not trying to light up the scoreboard. More importantly, you're not trying to showcase everything that you can possibly do. You're just trying to get your guys some work. So more times than not, both sides usually play vanilla. I don't know how Josh has done it in the past, but I know, you know, watching Belichick, it's pretty pretty much look vanilla when they played in preseason. There's Lincoln Kennedy. He was on the show yesterday talking about the offensive line and talking about, you know, if there's a possible way to kind of hide the deficiencies and the blemishes that the offensive line may have. And so uh, came to the show today asking about after hearing what Lincoln had to say, are you more comfortable with the Raiders definitely going and addressing the offensive line before training camp gets underway or do you feel comfortable with, okay, I think that with the guys that they have, the guys that they are going to be you know, competing in training camp, are they going to be able to get it done and then go address the defensive tackle position where uh, Pro Football Focus had the Raiders ranked 19th, which wasn't bad, and, and their basic write-up was, and, and let's make no mistake about it, just, just because Pro Football Focus says it doesn't mean it's gospel. Let's make no mistake about that. It just gives you a good idea of what they're thinking, and they basically said that you know, the edge rushers are really good. You got Chandler Jones, you got Max Crosby. I think there's no mistake in that. The middle, the interior of the defensive line, it's a little soft. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, just mean that it's not, it, it's not standing up. It's not going to stand up to the challenge that, you know, you would like them to. You'd like to see it be a lot stronger defensive tackle uh, group, you know, a lot stronger defensive line. And, you know, the, our guy yesterday used Jonathan Hakins, for example, said, hey, you know, his, his run grade last year was pretty much the lowest in his career. Now, he's with Patrick Graham now, who he had you know, a good rapport with when he was in New York with the Giants, so maybe that's going to help them turn around and, and get things uh, you know, going in the right direction. They brought in a lot of guys in this offseason. They brought in a lot of defensive tackles. They brought in a lot of beef, over 300-pound guys. They are going to be very committed to stopping the run. They've just got to go out there and execute it. You know, I'm interested to see, obviously this has nothing to do with the defensive tackle position. I'm interested to see how Malcolm Coons is thrown into the mix. I think he's a guy that can really evolve and, and, and turn into a, a real player. We didn't get to see him much last year, but what we did see from him, we're like, hey, this guy's got a little something. You know, they just brought two rookies, and I was over at Allegiant Stadium earlier today. They had the they had the draft luncheon. I didn't get to stick around for that, but JT the Brick was able to talk to all the draft picks except for uh, Zamir White. I don't believe he was there, the fourth-round running back. But, you know, you got a guy like Matthew Butler. You know, you got uh, – you got uh, Farrell, Farrell Jr., Neil Farrell Jr. out of LSU. Butler's out of Tennessee. I mean, those guys, I'm not going to say they're going to go in and, you know, be, be Sue immediately or, you know, or be some kind of dominant defensive tackle immediately, but they could develop into that. They have an opportunity to, you know. So they have, they have addressed the, the position. They just don't have right now the, the dude that's proven. And that's why we threw Ndamukong Sue out there because he is available. He is a guy the last couple seasons that's had six and a half sacks from the interior. It's pretty impressive. He is a guy that's only missed a couple games throughout the course of his career. It's pretty impressive, especially the way he plays. Only to miss a couple games. Yeah, that's really, really stinking impressive. So, I'll, uh, you know, so we, we just kind of threw it out there and wanted to get your thoughts, get your feelings. What do you think they should do? And look, they're a month and some change away from the actual training camp getting started. There's plenty of time for them to address some areas of need. And they don't even have to do it then. 
they could go into training camp for a week and say, yeah, this isn't really what we thought. Let's go ahead and let's switch some things up. I don't remember if you, or I don't know if you remember last, last training camp, how many times did the Raiders bring someone in, sign them two days later, they were gone or sign one person the next day. Another guy was gone. I mean, this is the time to get it done. And obviously there's not any activity going on right now. So it's hard to figure out who fits and who doesn't fit right now in the middle of June. But once July 19th hits and they start with training camp and they start actually putting in the work and then they're going back and looking at the film. Okay, this is what we did. This was the defensive tackle drills we did today. Okay, this guy's not really fitting with what we need to do. All right, he's out. Let's bring in another guy. And then at that point, they might say, you know what? This offensive line is not developing the way we want it to. We need to go out and get a, a veteran. That could happen too. So just because they don't even, if they don't address anything all the way up till training camp doesn't mean that they're happy with what they have. It just means that they're, they're going to be patient. And the one thing I can tell you about this regime, they're patient. And they do a lot of things without a lot of people knowing about it. For the most part, all the moves that they've made, I haven't really heard anybody talking about these moves until after they're done. Then it's easy for people to be like, oh, I knew that last week. Sources said that they were talking. I mean, if I if I came in here and reported every single time someone said a source is saying this, that, and the other, Marcus Peters would be a Raider already. Ndamukong Sue would be a Raider. Uh, who else was guaranteed to be a Raider? James Bradbury. Who else? Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, man, there's been so many people that have said this, that, and the other, and all these guys are going to be Raiders. And, oh, we, I, I know it for a matter of fact. So-and-so already told me. It, it, it really hasn't been like that. It really hasn't. It's been very, very quiet on the Raiders' front as far as what they're doing. When stuff gets out of the building is when they want stuff to get out of the building. Like, I believe Vinny Bonsignor, who does a fantastic job, has been doing a fantastic job on the morning tailgate with Clay and, and Heidi. I think he said, what, the night before Hunter Renfro got his contract extension? I'm hearing that a Hunter Renfro contract extension is coming pretty soon. I believe Vinny said that the night before. And then the next morning is when it happened. When they want something out of the building, they'll get it out. But until they want it out, it ain't getting out. That's what this new regime has done. And I really can appreciate that. I don't need to know way in advance. I tell this story all the time, and, and, and if you listen all the time, you've heard it. But no joke, last year on my podcast, before Alex Leatherwood was drafted, I had someone call in on my voicemail line, leave a voicemail, and say Alex Leatherwood's the pick. They told me that. I promise you. I'm not making that up. And I even laughed at them. I was like, man, whatever. I didn't know first-round draft pick. That's, that's what I said. And then it turned out to be. And then, before the schedule came out, they said, oh, Baltimore is going to be the first game at uh, Allegiant Stadium. And I was like, well, that's a cool game. I don't know if that's really true. but And, and you know what's funny? I don't remember who the person was that, that was leaving the messages. I don't remember their name, and I apologize for that. They were telling me, oh, I play, I play video games with someone in the building. That's how they were getting their information. They play video games. Can you imagine that? Could you imagine that's where you're getting your information from? Could you play video games online with somebody and he's telling all the business? All right, you want to say something? Remember how we used to get mixtapes? Because, like, someone would, you know, hook up and then, <laughs> then basically forward the email or something. Right, so, right. That's true. It happens. Weird stuff like that. Happens. It does. But can you imagine being a professional football team like that's how you and your information is <laughs> being thrown out there on Front Street because a guy's playing video games online with... Swinging D85 at yahoo.com. Yep. 
Someone's like, is that a real email address? Look it up. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> Careful with that. I mean, I'm just saying, like, how random is that? But no joke. I'm not making this stuff up. That's how I was getting information. I wasn't running with it because what does swinging D85 at Yahoo.com really know? Except for it proved to know he it proved to know who the first round pick was gonna be. And everyone hit me up was like, Q, homeboy was right. I was like, well, I guess so. Guess what? Guess who I haven't got a call from? Swinging D85 at Yahoo.com. Hasn't hit me up at all. He ain't online playing with Dave Ziegler or Champ Kelly or Josh McDaniels or anybody else in that damn building. You know what I mean? Like, that ain't happening this year. I can appreciate that. I really can. 702-365-9200. Let's go out to the Raider Nation listening line. Talk to our guy, Border Jumper Raider. What's up, brother? Welcome to the show. Hey, Q. How you been, my man? I'm blessed, brother. All right. I wanted to touch on the um, topic you had about the guns. Not only should we, um, there should be some legislation for screening, but, for example, I had a son who uh, his stepfather was reckless, and he left um, the gun locker unlocked, and my son took the shotgun, and he he ended up killing himself with it. And um, so also I think that that, um, those gun owners that are irresponsible, should take those, those uh, gun uh, permits away. Punish them for uh, being irresponsible because that was my son. It is somebody's child also, you know. So mm. that's what I wanted to add, my man. And it's nice talking to you and love you much, brother. Hey, man, much love to you. And, and thank you for sharing that with us. And, man, my heart goes out to you, brother. I mean, it really does. I mean that wholeheartedly. Uh, man, that's, that's incredible. But you know what? How many times have we seen that story? How many times have we seen that story? I'm telling you, that bothers me so much, what Border Jumper Raider just told us. That bothers me so much that when I see that scenario about to happen in a movie, I get, I, it bo- you know what I mean? It's a movie. It's not real. But it still bothers me because I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. You know? And for that to happen, oh, man, that, I, I, don't even, I don't even know how I'd react. I know the one thing I could tell you, and again, I, like I said, I appreciate you sharing that with us. The one thing I know from my own experiences is that God will never put more on your plate than you can handle. And I know that does not sound sensitive. That does not sound reassuring, make you feel any better. But I promise you, and I know I've known Border Jumper Raider for a very long time, very good dude. I know that it's a, it's a fight every day to have to deal with what you're going through. Um, but I know you're going to keep on pushing. And you're going to keep on keeping on, doing what you need to do. And uh, I could appreciate that. That's incredible, man. That's incredible. Th- thank you for sharing that again. And, um, you know, we, we are here for you, brother, uh, as a community, as, as a family. We're definitely here for you at all times. So, uh, yeah, man, that's, that's, that's just something. So uh, thank you for that. Uh, 4, 419 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Coming up about 425, we'll have the LSU women's basketball team head coach, former Baylor Lady Bears head coach, Kim Mulkey. She'll join the show. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. market is just exploding it's crazy the the numbers that these guys are putting up and i think it's well deserved all those guys are playing at the top of their game and you know they're being paid accordingly but you know i'm not i'm not worried about i like to make jokes about it but i'm not really not having thought about it much right now broadcasting live from the finley cadillac performance studio here's your boy q joe burrow right there talking about contracts lamar jackson he actually had a little bit of conversation with the Baltimore Ravens about his contract. We never got into cover three NFL news and notes of the day. 
But Lamar Jackson has talked to the Baltimore Ravens. He said that he feels like he's going to be a Raven for life. Everyone says that. Not everyone achieves it. But we'll see what happens. He's set to make $23 million as he's going into the final year of his deal, the fifth-year option that the Baltimore Ravens obviously picked up. And again, I think about the Baltimore Ravens. I always think of them as an organization that is really smart with the way that they handle their personnel. Now that you think about it, how smart was it for Baltimore to trade up to that number 32 overall spot to pick up Lamar Jackson when they did? Got that fifth-year option. He was going to the second round. I mean, think about that. Day one was over. It was a wrap. That team that had 32, and I don't even remember who it was. Was it the Patriots? I don't know who it was. I can't tell you. I just know as soon as Baltimore traded with them, I said, oh, they're getting Lamar Jackson. Could you imagine if he had dropped to day two? That would have been a four-year contract. That's a big deal. Baltimore was smart enough to go and get that. It was the Patriots? Okay, yeah, it was the Patriots. Shocking. <laughs> I mean, you that's, that's how good that damn team's been, right? I know nobody wants to admit it, but I could just throw out a team and say, who was it, the, the Patriots? And assume that I'm right, and I was. That's how good they've been. I'm hoping that the Raiders can get to that point at some point, right? Where they're the team that you expect to be, you know, deep in the playoffs, if not hoisting the Lombardi at the end of the year. That would be fantastic. Of course, I'm not putting the cart before the horse. I mean, it's, look, one year at a time, I get it. But how smart was Baltimore to make that trade? I'm telling you, some organizations just get it, and they just do things the right way. I, I commend the Raiders organization for what they've been able to do, the way that they've been taking care of their homegrown guys. Derek Carr is now, you know, basically on his third contract. Max Crosby on his second contract. Hunter Renfro on his second contract. I expect Darren Waller to be on his, you know, second contract with the Raiders. Well, third contract with the Raiders, really. He got picked up. He was still on his what rookie deal. They gave him a contract extension. Yeah, he'd be but he'll be his his second second deal with the Raiders. I expect him to get an extension. Just my expectations. But yeah, so that's 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 one storyline. Baltimore's not going to let Lamar out of town anytime soon. So don't don't think that that's going to happen. I'm just interested to see when in, in fact that contract gets signed. But this year, if it doesn't get signed right away, it's going to make 23 million dollars. It's not bad. Not a bad deal. One other little quick note I wanted to get to before I uh, before I go, go or before we have Kim Mulkey on the show was uh, George Kittle. He was talking about preseason, not preseason games, but uh, but bye weeks because the regular season is so long now. And this actually makes a lot of sense. And I wish that I had a lot of time to really expand on it. But now that there's 18 weeks in a season and there's 17 games, he actually believes there should be multiple bye weeks. And I'm not. I'm not really mad at that. He was on uh, Kevin Hart's little show that he has, that uh, Cold as Balls show he does on the Laugh Out Loud Network. Uh, so here's George Kittle talking about the two bye weeks. There's a huge physical toll on it. And like 17 games is a lot. It's a lot, it's a lot of, games. of games with one bye. Like it's whether it's week four or the, the bye is week 11, yes. I'm advocating for two byes. So if you, want, you know, if you can get that to happen, that'd be cool. <laughs> so if Kevin Hart can get that to happen, that'd be cool. Right? No, but I, I think, in all honesty, I laugh at it. I do think that it makes a lot of sense. And I would not be shocked if the NFL did it, and this is why. They love themselves always being in the conversation, right? Think about adding the 18th week, and think how quickly this offseason went by. You know, it's like as soon as the season was over, as soon as the Super Bowl happened, boom, free agency. If they had buys, one more buy for every team, that's going to push the season back at least one more week, right? At least. So that means that then they're even closer to free agency as soon as Super Bowl. You know, so everything just goes full steam ahead. The NFL wants to make sure something major is happening every single month. 
12 months out of the year. I'm not mad at them. I think that's a good strategy, and, and they've perfected it. That's what they do. So I wouldn't be shocked. I'm not saying anytime soon, like this year, next year, whatever. I wouldn't be shocked in the next few years. You see teams have two buys, especially if they at some point get greedy and get the 18 games, which, by the way, they're going to do that too. They didn't put a 17th game in there to get to not get to 18. At some point, it will be 18. Uh, PJ hit us up on Twitter. We were talking about picking up guys. You can pick them up in the tra- in, in training camp, and uh, you know you don't have to get them right now, but the Raiders can go ahead and, and check out what they have, and then if they don't like it, they can go out and make moves during training camp. He said, Q, Raiders' best two defensive players besides Crosby were brought in during training camp, Perriman and Hayward, and he's talking about a year ago. Yeah, Perriman was the guy they traded for once all their linebackers started to get hurt. I thought Casey Hayward was signed right before training camp started, like literally right before. But if not, it was right at the beginning of training camp. He was a guy that was out there. He was one of the last guys they signed. I do remember that and thought, man, that's that's pretty surprising that he's still out there and available. But he signed up with the team, you know, reunited with Gus Bradley, put in a hell of a season. Now he's in Atlanta, got a nice little pay bump, went to the ATL. So you're right about that, PJ. Thank you so much for that tweet. I do appreciate you. Uh, earlier. I had an opportunity to catch up with Kim Mulkey. I uh, came flying here from the Allegiant Stadium after going to the draft luncheon and, well, had a chance to, to catch up with the former Baylor coach, now LSU coach. Joining us now on the phone lines is someone that I like to consider a really good friend, obviously a Hall of Fame coach, a great player. She's done it, been there, done that, and now currently is the head coach of the LSU women's basketball team, does a fantastic job. Coach Kim Mulkey. And coach, it's been a minute since we talked and seen each other, but how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm actually in uh, Gwinnett County, Georgia, Lawrenceville area. Kramer, my son, is now with the Atlanta Braves organization playing with the Gwinnett Stripers and going to enjoy watching him for the next several days. Yeah, how is that? I mean, Kramer's been doing such a great job, you know, was with the Cardinals, now with the Braves. But how fun is that for you to be able to just go ahead and, and, and go out there and enjoy some baseball and watch your son play? Well, it's always good when you can spend time with your kids, your grandkids, and uh, certainly in uh, the summer it's a lot easier for me to do that. And uh, uh, I I love sports. So other than the the triple-digit temperatures, nothing's (laughs) going to stop me from having a great time tonight. I know that's right. It's triple-digit here in Las Vegas as well. So uh, I know exactly how you're feeling. It's probably a little bit more humid uh, in Atlanta right now. But I'll say this, Coach. Last time we saw each other, you were in Central Texas. I was in Central Texas. I'm in Vegas. You're at LSU. Congratulations on the first season there with the Tigers. You just did a great job getting that, that program turned around. Well, you're right. Uh, we spent a great amount of time in, in the Waco area, and we have wonderful memories. I know you have followed my career and the career of all the players that I got to coach at Baylor University, and it's amazing how life uh, you know, sends you in different directions. And uh, I'm having a blast at LSU. It's my home state. And the people have embraced me, which I knew they would, because you just don't go up somewhere and spend that amount of time in one state without people welcoming you back. And uh, we did. We had a remarkable, unbelievable first year and uh, has uh, great recruits coming in and transfers coming in. And so it's, it's fun. Yeah, I can imagine. I really can. And me being back on the West Coast is fantastic. I've been loving it, every minute of it, being here in Las Vegas. And, and Coach, I mean, for you, you're trying to get this thing turned around. You're trying to put your, your thumbprint on this program there at LSU. And, again, your first year did a great job. How long do you think it takes until you can actually have the program where, okay, this is exactly what I'm looking for? 
I don't put a time frame on it. I, I think when you do that, you set yourself up to disappointment. I think you gauge each year. Last year, there's no way anybody could say uh, they expected us to do what we did. You inherited a team that won nine games, and you won 26. Uh, so what you got to do now is the same thing we did at Baylor. You have to keep feeding that monster. And so people think you ought to win more than 26 games. It doesn't work that way. We had five unbelievable seniors that had great experience. They got their COVID year back. And, uh, you know, in athletics, particularly in college, uh, experience matters. So now we get to, to, to keep building the program. We're in homes and, and getting recruits that maybe we couldn't get until they sat back and watched what we did last year. And so you got freshmen coming in that are so talented, but it's college, and it's going to take them time to grow. You've got transfers coming in that have the experience, but they have no idea how we want things done. So uh, I can't put a time frame on it. I know this. We finished second in the SEC in our first year. And, um, you know, it's, it's a, a good, good problem to have if it is a problem that people are going to have expectations. Right. No doubt about it. Again, we're talking with Coach Kim Mulkey here on Unnecessary Roughness. Now, as far as the women's game, I, I contacted you last night because I was watching Dream On on ESPN, and I realized the struggles of where the women's game was at one point to where it is right now, and there's still a long way to go, but I know you've also been there, done that at every level. You've won at every level. How much have you seen this game grow from when you were still playing to where it is right now? Well, it's not just the game of basketball. You know, isn't it just the 50th year of Title IX? And right. I think Title IX uh, initially was um, pretty much started to give the females, young young females, an opportunity to, to play sports. And, man, we've come a long way. But we're not at the finish line. We've got a long way to go. And, and I have been the recipient of a lot of battles that were fought by women before I ever started playing, and I'm always cognizant of that because I think what happens this day and age is things are, are available for the female athlete now, but sometimes I don't think they realize it wasn't available before them. And so uh, I've seen it grow. I've seen, you know, so many wonderful things happen, but there's a lot more things that need to be done. Yeah, no, there, there really is. And, you know, I was just watching the program and I was seeing some of the accommodations. And I realized even, you know, we have a WNBA team here, the Aces, which have plenty of LSU representation uh, with them. You know, they have plenty of ties. And I know that their accommodations aren't where they need to be, but they're working on it. But I, I know that, you know, you played for the Olympics. You know, you, you've got gold medals. You've won national championships. But, man, it's, it's come a long way. But now at least young girls and women, they're, they believe that they can play these sports and they believe they can go to college on a scholarship and, and really excel and even play on the pro level. Well, they not only believe it, they see it happening. And, um, you know, it's, it's just amazing to me when I think back to when I was 10, 11, 12 years old, you didn't have organized sports uh, for young people, whether it be softball or soccer or basketball. And now these kids today are starting that young to be a part of something. Um, and, and we didn't have that. So it, it, it makes you smile. It makes you realize that for my granddaughter and for future daughters and granddaughters, they're going to have opportunities that a lot of us did not have. 
No, you're right about that. And again, I just I just kind of sit back and, and almost chuckle a little bit about how far it's come and realize that it still has a long way to go. And, and I mentioned the LV Aces. They're led by Becky Hammond. Again, plenty of relationships with uh, LSU uh, here from Las Vegas and the Aces. Why is it that point guards, you, Don Staley, Becky Hammond, are so good in transitioning into coaches? Because that's not easy. Well, I don't, I don't know if I have the answer to that. I know we, we played a position that was uh, very important, and it, it, to me as the quarterback of all basketball teams is that if you don't have a good quarterback on that floor that knows everything about every position, uh, you're going to struggle. And yet I've realized that I'm blessed. I'm blessed to have been able to coach some of the greatest in this game uh, but, you know, Q, there's a lot of great coaches that never, ever played college sports or pro sports. So I don't want to take away from them either. I think those of us who did play at the highest level, we were just exposed to really, really good coaches and good players. What does it mean to be a champion? And, again, you've won on every level. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're playing for the country, you're coaching, or, or you're just, you know, like I said, playing. Uh, you've won. What does it mean to be a champion? I think uh, – it means a lot of things, but I think to me personally, when I reflect on all the successes that I've been surrounded and blessed to have, you know, around me, the thing that comes to my mind is there's just not very many people that have a national championship ring. Right. And when you can say you've had multiple ones, there's not many people who have an Olympic gold medal. And so I think of don't take it for granted realize that there are many, many men in the NBA who never won anything. There are many women in the WNBA who never won a championship. And, and I, just, I just think how blessed I've been to, to been at all levels uh, in, in some type of championship environment. And uh, that's not by accident. It doesn't just happen. Some of the greatest players have never won championships. Yeah, no. But it's being with the right team, the right coach, the right teammates at the right time. Have you had an opportunity to check out any of the LV Aces games? I have not. You know, if I come to Vegas, I got to be honest, I'm probably not leaving a casino, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. That It would be a lot of fun. I'll tell you, though, the electricity at the Michelob Ultra Arena is incredible. I mean, they are really putting on a show, and it's so funny because I remember when you were at Baylor, I used to always hear you yelling across the, the court, go, 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 tempo, tempo, tempo. That's exactly what Coach Hammond is doing right now with the Aces. Well, she certainly has had her uh, her, her share of, of exposure to great coaches in the NBA and then in college. And so um, not surprised um, that, you know, the, the crowds are showing up, not surprised people are supporting her. And I know Nikki Fargus is the GM and I inherited Nikki Fargus players at LSU and what a super lady she is. So, um, you know, great city. I mean, what is that old saying? What's done in Vegas stays in Vegas. So let me tell you, they're doing some good things there. Yeah, no, there is a lot of good stuff going on here in Vegas. A lot of good ball being played at the Michelob Ultra Arena with the WNBA and the LV Aces. So have you been able to kind of follow any of your, your players from Baylor? I know you're busy doing your thing and recruiting and enjoying watching Kramer play, but have you been able to follow like the ones like Dee Dee Richards? I mean, she's been doing some really good things with the Liberty, even though she's been banged up this year. Well, some of them stay in, in close contact with me, certainly. Some you never hear from, but that's to be expected. When you do this, as long as I've done it, what, 38 years, 
several players constantly stay in touch with you and you stay in touch with them and and some of them you never hear from again but um uh, I think Dee Dee mentioned her specifically. I think she's injured right now. Yeah. You know, in that last run we made, uh, she hurt her hamstring, and I understand she's injured right now. But um, you want to see them all do good, not just if they're in basketball. You want to see them be successful in life, get jobs, have families, and and stay healthy. Well, they're doing that, and I think Dee Dee going to New York was the best place for her. She's living her best life out there. I kind of try to keep up with her as much as possible. And as far as just, again, what, what you're doing, and when do, when do you get back on the grind there at LSU? When, when, does, when do the girls start getting back into the gym? Well, some of them are in the gym. Um, we have, you know, kind of a schedule, I guess, if I can just sum it up for you. Usually in June you have your camps, and we just finished our camp, had the largest camp ever in the history of women's basketball day camps at LSU, over 400 young young people. Mm. And then some of our returning players are in summer school by choice. They just want to stay around. And then the new players uh, will come in the latter part of this month and, and start the second session of summer school, and then it leads into the fall. So another school season, another season is, is upon us, and uh, – uh, we'll all take vacations and recruit in July and in August, and um, you, you just, you know, it never stops. Right. People think that summer you, you take some time off, and you do. I'm in Atlanta because I took a few days off, but it's a 12-month job now, and you're constantly on the phone talking to recruits. Uh, the rules change so often. We're dealing with NIL. We're dealing with transfer portals now. Those are things that portal. Those are things we did not deal with when you know you and I were at Baylor. And uh, but yet it's things that that are here to stay. Yeah, no, they are, and it's 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 been a game changer. And coach, you mentioned it. You've been doing this for a very long time. What what gives you that burn in your belly? What is it about basketball that just pushes you and gives you that edge? I think it's a personality trait you have, and that you just love to compete. Uh, you love to put a product on the floor that people enjoy. You want to make people proud. You want to represent an institution that uh, recognizes uh, what you do is, is good. And uh, that's what, what we're doing at LSU. That's what we did at Baylor. And uh, I don't know how long I can continue to do it. I, I just turned 60 in May, and I've been doing this since I was 23 years of age. And that's that's a wonderful career. But... As long as I stay healthy, as long as I put a product on that floor that's good, I'm going to keep doing it. Nice. I love it. I love it. Well, I know your products that you put out there on the court are good, and it's always fun to watch uh, Coach Kim Mulkey coach team. It's always, like I said, very entertaining to watch, and they are very good teams when you put them out there. Final question for you, the Warriors-Celtics, game six tonight. Who do you got? Oh, what a great series, and I really am going to lay across that political fence and tell you, I can't pick one because each <laughs> time I watch this series, I go, this is interesting. This is fun. This is the way it should be because I think both teams play defense, uh, which is you know not, not really good in the, the regular season NBA, but in the playoffs, it's, it's taken to another level. I don't know that I can tell you the contrasting styles, and I love both. So this is going to be fun, and I'm not going to be watching it 
until Kramer's game is over tonight. So I'll get updates on my phone, though. I know you will. I know you will. Well, I'll tell you right now, I'm uh, I'm going for the Warriors. I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat. This is a tough one, but this has been a fantastic series, as you mentioned, Coach. Well, I, I definitely appreciate you. Again, congratulations on everything going on at LSU. Uh, tell Kramer uh, congratulations. Keep doing what he does, and hopefully he has a great game tonight, and, and we'll talk soon, Coach. Thank you, Q. There she goes right there. Coach Kim Mulkey joined me a little earlier today, and it's always fun to catch up with Kim. She's a, she's a great person. She really is. I re- really enjoyed my time covering her when I was in Central Texas and she was at Baylor uh, as a Hall of Fame coach. That's going to do it for us today. We're locked and loaded. I uh, had a, a fantastic show. Also got a fantastic show following this up. Upon further review, Eddie Pascal, and he's going to be joined by the GM, Dave Ziegler, right here on these very airways on Radio Nation Radio 920. Have a great evening. We'll talk later.